Want to talk about a new movie? Check. Want to talk about an older movie similar or related to that new movie? Check. That's what you can expect from Quality Check Podcast. It's a new podcast on the Studio DNA Network hosted by yours truly, Drew Douglas and Daniel Posey. Every other Tuesday, we'll talk about a new movie and an old movie to see how the film's quality holds up. Welcome, everybody, to episode 101 of Disney Plus Reviews. I'm Phil Souza, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host. He plays Steve Rogers in Rogers the Musical. It's Grant Youngsma. What's up, Grant? Well, Phil, you just made my night because you think that I could play Roger, Steve Rogers in a musical. <laughs> you just have to dye your hair. Thank you, Phil. <laughs> you, you look exactly like the very muscular Steve Rogers, except for your bre- very dark brown hair. Yeah. So... Yeah. What, who would you play in a... This is a good question to launch our show. I mean, would it be Thor? Like, obviously, that's, you know, one of your favorite characters. Thor or Hulk, probably. Yeah. You'd be a good Hulk, actually. Yeah. You only have to know one line. Exactly. <laughs> Which would be perfect. I don't know who I would play. I, like, I mean, I have, like, favorite characters, but I don't know that I'd be good playing them. I mean, neither one of us are actors anyways, <laughs> but, uh, like, even if... Let's say I could act... Um, I, don't, I think Tony Stark would be kind of fun just because yeah. it would be... Um, you're, you, very, you're very techie. Well, yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. Um, I could bring some of the techiness to the character, but um, I, I think the most fun part of playing him would just be that smarmy, like I, I'm the smartest person in every room yeah. kind, of, kind of person. Um, it, which is very antithetical to my personality. Like I'm, I'm a quite the opposite of that. Like very unsure of myself. So that would be kind of fun to to play Tony Stark. But um, yeah, maybe we'll start asking all of our guests that. Like, who would you play in <laughs> in Rogers the Musical? Uh, That'd be a great question, Phil. I'm gonna ask Caitlin that if you'll remind me when she comes <laughs> on here in a couple weeks as our as our guest. Um, if you're just joining us for this podcast, this is an unofficial Disney Plus podcast reviewing the most popular stuff on Disney Plus. Uh, we're gonna get into uh, Hawkeye, the first couple episodes of Hawkeye, and there's quite a a, a long list of. Uh, what else are you, have you been watching other stuff that I've been watching recently um, that we could talk about as well uh, we'll do we're gonna do another buddies film review this is like our new recurring segment thanks to Rick Ives uh, who's been a, a two-time guest on, on the program and has, has listened to the show um, I think maybe since the beginning you know pretty close to the beginning of the show so um, but yeah he uh, he sent us a review of Snow Buddies that I'll read here in a little bit. And then we've got more coming uh, from him as well in the future. So uh, excited about that that new recurring segment that we have. But let's uh, start out with news of the week. Um, we Grant and I kind of talked before the show, before we hit record. And there's always new, little news stories here and there or whatever. But the, new, the news story that we told you that we were going to get to uh, we just in the interest of time for our 100th episode, we just that was a like almost two hour episode yeah. already, and so I didn't want to really get into <clears throat> this big, big topic. But 
on Disney Plus Day, which now happened, you know, as the time of this recording happened weeks ago now, but um, time flies. It's crazy how fast that, it seems like it was literally like a week ago, but it was like almost a month ago. Disney Plus Day drops and Disney drops like a whole bunch of new announcements for upcoming shows, some of which we already knew about that were coming, but we maybe didn't see like footage from. And that, but they had a whole, a whole, like a whole bunch of like, you know, never before announced mm-hmm. um, things as well. So, what do you remember from that day? You you texted me at one point in the morning, you're like, dude, check out their Instagram. It's blowing up right now because they were like every five minutes they were saying like, oh, here's another thing that's coming in in the future. Here's another thing that's coming, and like I swear, like half of them I'd never even heard of. So, well, let me pull up my app because i've kind of forgotten what they came out with exactly um one thing that sticks out right from the start is um disenchanted of course oh yeah um it's gonna come out fall 2022 so that i mean i figured it'd be later um so but that's exciting definitely enjoyed the first movie so excited to see the second one and then uh they talked about hocus pocus 2 again which we knew about but they give us more yeah, details on. which that'll probably be october 2022 if i had to guess um then we got what else did we get um what if season two i guess that's Somewhat that was, exciting. Yeah, that was a given. I you know, kind of knew about that already. but I would say one of the more exciting things that we got was uh, Agatha House of Harkness yeah. and Spider-Man Freshman Year. Yeah, that both of those are on my list. Um, of course, you know, if you know Grant and I, if you've been listening to the show, you know we're huge Marvel fans. But yeah, I, that, the Agatha one, I was definitely not expecting. I, I, like, I, Catherine Hahn was so glorious in that show in WandaVision that I'm happy to get more of her. Like, I think her character was really intriguing, but for her to get her own, like the entire series is the whole show is all about her. I was like, okay, all right. Yeah. Like I, I have no idea what you're going to do with this character next, but uh, color me intrigued for sure. Yeah. So, so um definitely excited about that. And I would say Spider-Man's always been one of my, probably top like three or four superheroes. So I'm excited to see. uh, It looks like it's going to be animated as well, but um, I'm excited to get to uh, some more Spider-Man content. Yeah. I think there's been lots of, I mean, lots and lots of animated Spider-Man shows uh, Mm -hmm. over the last decades. Um, But this is the first one that's like in MCU canon. Like it's part of, Yep. It, we don't like they didn't they haven't even announced if it's actually tom holland it, it could not be like it could be someone he he lended his voice to the um what if series that was actually him mm-hmm. in what if it wasn't it or no or was he one of the ones that wasn't there i can't remember. oh i can't remember now he he's he his character like his likeness is in yeah <laughs> that show i i can't remember if it's his voice or not but um so i don't know maybe he's too busy to to do a voice part for you know, what's ostensibly going to be, you know, eight or 10 episode uh, animated series. Mm -hmm. He may not have time to do that, but um, just the fact that it takes place in the MCU universe, like I'm I'm definitely on board for that. Yeah, it should be exciting for sure. And then 
I would just say before you go with what you're excited for. Yeah. One thing that I'm not excited for is High School Musical, the musical, <laughs> season three. Love is an open door, Phil. So, yeah, that was the big announcement is uh, they're doing Frozen, um, yeah. basically. Um, yeah. I, I wish I could say that I can get excited for this. Uh, I do love Frozen a lot, um, but... Uh, I also really like Beauty and the Beast, and that was just like not even a th- a, a major part of <laughs> the plot of the of season two. So I, you could you can't really say that about season one. Like the the fact that they were doing High School Musical like really permeated all their discussions in season one, mm-hmm. and then they got to Beauty and the Beast in season two. It just did not. I mean, it's it's almost it's almost like not even material that <laughs> that they were even doing beauty and the beast. Like you could have swapped out that musical for any other musical that Disney's done. And it would have been the same plot. And the plot was <laughs> stupid for the whole show. Yeah. <laughs> like I honestly can't tell you what happened in the course of the 10 episodes. Really? Yeah. We just watched it recently. And I, I, I've already forgotten a lot of that, which um, that, that might be for the best for us, Phil. Yeah. I, I really started to not like, um, uh, I can't even remember any of their names now, but um, the the main girl character, Nini, uh, Nini, I I really didn't. I was starting to not like her about the end of season two, so we'll see if we can uh, turn that ship around. But uh, yeah, no, I I saw the announcement for three of season three, and I was like, nope. Uh, I mean, I, I honestly, I will probably watch it just out of curiosity. Yeah, <laughs> if nothing else, I don't think we cover it on this on this podcast at all, unless it's really really good. Um, but I'm not expecting it to, unfortunately. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to no. highlight? You go for it, Phil. Uh, a lot of the Marvel stuff we 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 knew of, like we saw logos and stuff. <coughs> I made it pretty clear on this show that I'm super excited for Miss Marvel. Uh, they mentioned that uh, She Hulk. You know, okay, cool. Like I, you know, more new characters. Um, there's a Echo series, which isn't Echo is supposed to be the bad guy in the Hawkeye. Yeah, I'm pretty Series? sure Echo is the person we get introduced to at the end of episode two. Yeah, but like she's getting her own show called Echo. Um, I guess. And I can't remember if we knew that before this day or whatever, but um, I, I guess spoiler for Hawkeye, she survives. <laughs> yeah, evidently. <laughs> um, I just that was that was a weird announcement. Unless it's before the events of Hawkeye, I don't know. Um, we talked about it just very quickly on uh, last week's episode, episode 100, but I just want to reiterate how incredibly excited I am for X-Men 97. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see what they do with that show. That was one of the most quintessential shows of my growing up years. Like, we would, I just remember leaving school, getting in the car, driving home, and then just racing to the living room and just, you know, turning on the TV as quickly as we could to, to pop on X-Men. Okay. And we watched it after school every day uh, for years. So, Very cool. Um, I, I, it, like, I know this is stupid because there's so much new content to watch on Disney Plus, but mm-hmm. it all, almost makes me want to go back and watch like all of the original series yeah. um, before the new season comes out. So, um, Let's see. What else are we looking at here? Uh, Zootopia Plus is a, which I love the movie, uh, is like a short form series that they're going to do. Uh, I would love more stories in that, in that universe. I, I, I'm mostly interested if the actors come back though, the voice actors. So, um, let's see what else. Uh, 
Chippendale Rescue Rangers, uh, Andy, starring Andy Samberg and John Mulaney. Um, Hopefully that'll be better than uh, Chippendale <laughs> Park Life or whatever that was. It's the the success of that show is going to be in its humor and its animation style because I I cannot stand the the uh, Park Life <laughs> animation style it looks really stupid. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I love that show growing up. So it's like everything everything that you and I enjoyed as kids is like new again. Like mm-hmm. it's I, Hocus Pocus two is coming. You yeah. Know, it's like all this stuff that you know makes us you know 30 and 40 year olds excited or like coming back um let's see those are probably the biggest ones i mean there's a lot of marvel stuff that i'm just skipping over because we already knew like we already saw logos like it wasn't like oh like i didn't didn't know that that was coming um so um i I don't think we knew about the diary of a wimpy kid movie we'll talk about that when in uh, what's coming out on Disney Plus this week because it's actually it's the first movie is releasing on Friday. Okay. Um. So I'll talk about that at the end of the episode. But they are. I think they've re- uh, revealed that to at least two of the books are being made into animated films, and they're kind of hinting at like they're maybe going to do the whole series depending on how successful and popular they are. So, um, I think that was a, a Disney Plus Day announcement. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and then the Spiderwick Chronicles. I, I'm not familiar with those books, yeah, but I know they're either. very. I know they're very popular. So um, that's that's one that's like okay. I you know I might be intrigued to check it out depending on on what it looks like. So yeah, those are those are the big ones. I mean, I'm I'm really excited for the Marvel stuff, but some of the Marvel stuff is coming out. Um, uh, Jack mentioned this, I think, on on last week's episode that some of the Marvel stuff is coming out so far in the future is like. Okay, we're we're slicking this for 2023, yeah. 2024. It's like mm-hmm. okay, like maybe just slow your roll a little bit and just kind of wake me when it, it's like six months out. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like yeah. Um, I I mean I'm a, I'm excited about some of the stuff that's really far out, but it's 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 hard to I'm tempering that excitement for sure right now. So, um, but yeah, the Miss Marvel stuff, the the first looks that we got on that looks really excited, and that's that's the next series I'm uh, I'm really pumped to see. So. All right. Um, I think that's that's pretty much it. I think we covered all the highlights of what we're excited about from Disney Plus Day. Um, all right. You want me to do the uh, the buddies? This sure. Week, this week's let's do it. This so. week's buddies film review uh, from from Rick Ives. Uh, this week we're uh, he's reviewing Snow Buddies. So Rick Ives is uh, an adult uh, guest that we've had on on a, a grown up guest that his kids love these movies and he's giving it like his adult <laughs> eyes review of these movies that are clearly not for adults. Uh, so this is his review of snow buddies, uh, which came out in 2008. Uh, the journey continues with this number two installment of the franchise and takes us all the way to Alaska. There is definitely some sort of continuity going on here. The five buddies are named the same. Plus each have the same single characteristic to help us tell them apart more on this next time. Their owners may or may not be the same children, but some are being played by different child actors, so it's hard to be sure. We do get a solid performance from the OG buddy himself, original Airbud and father to the pups. By the way, even though it's Christmas, I have to believe this takes place between within weeks of Space Buddies as the buddies as the puppies are all on the same age, but I digress. <laughs> it doesn't take long to find the buddies Trapped in an ice cream crate bound for Alaska. Somehow they slept for the entire trip. Once they arrive, they learn from some local canines that their only hope to return home will be from the airport many miles away, which coincidentally is the finish line for the upcoming three-day 
long dog sled race. Oh my. How that worked out, I don't know. Um, obviously the doggos, plus their new husky puppy friend, decide to start their own team and enter the race to get home. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> to to the airport? Uh, I don't know. I, I have no idea. That's what he says. Uh, all I know is the race officials who decided it was safe for a child and six puppies to enter, quote, the most treacherous race in all of Alaska <laughs> during whiteout conditions without any parental permission needs to be removed from office immediately. Of course, there are some adventures to be had, but the buddies managed to not only win the, win the race, spoilers, but warm even the coldest hearts living up in northern North America. What kind of dirt does Disney have on these actors to get them here? Whoopi Goldberg, Chris Christopherson, Jim Belushi, and Molly Shannon all in their voices. Oh my! Yeah, I didn't know that those actors were actually that. That doesn't really give the movie any credence, yeah. <laughs> in my opinion. But it is worth noting. Uh, Richard Carn, uh, the AI from uh, or AI from uh, sorry Al. Is this the, you know how like the lowercase L looks mm-hmm. like an A? Okay, it looks like AI. Al from Home Improvement is here in his third appearance in the franchise. It will be his last. At least Dylan Manette was just a young child at the time. Overall, despite the fact that a dog sled team made of puppies managed to beat every other professional team. <laughs> Think about this as puppies beating like, you know, like professional adult dogs. Uh, this was somehow more believable than the events of Space Buddies. Plus, my boys were quiet for 90 minutes, five out of five pups. I have a feeling that all these movies are going to get five out of five pups, but we'll see. You just never know, Phil. <laughs> so keep those coming, uh, Rick. I know uh, he's got one uh, already in in the can for next week. So uh, I want to hear I want to hear a review on all these awful, awful movies that I will never ever see in my life. Hopefully, I'm I, I'm trying to keep it so that Jordan doesn't even know they exist. Tell Jordan once to see him. <laughs> yeah. So all right. Well, uh, thank you, Rick. Oh, well, we'll look forward to more reviews from you coming up next week. Um, let's get into Hawkeye. Now we are going to do, uh, full spoilers for both episodes. Uh, we'll take them one at a time. Um, I mean, as we're recording this uh, episode one and two came out on the same day mm-hmm. and they came out o- almost a week ago. So you've probably had plenty of time to watch these. We had to rec- record a little bit late for this episode because of, uh, Thanksgiving holiday stuff. But, um, we are going to spoil the events of both episodes and, um, and we'll start with episode one. So I guess if you haven't gotten to episode two yet, but you have watched episode one, yeah, I mean, you probably watch them back to back, but uh, we'll take them in that order. So you can listen for a while and then stop listening if you need to go watch the show. But, um, but yeah, full spoilers. We're not going to hold anything back on what happens. Um, let me get your just general take first on, on the show. Um, just uh, the new char- characters, um, how you f- feel like the plot is um, stirring up. Uh, the action, action, you can talk about anything that, you know, um, good and bad that you're... Enjoying. I would definitely say um, I enjoyed the first episode more than the second episode. Um, I feel like you're, with a lot of these shows, with it being a lot of new content, I feel like you're a lot more open to it the first episode, trying to see where it's going. Yeah, And then the second episode, you hope that it's going to be even better than the first one. But I feel like with this one, it really wasn't. Mm. Um, I really liked one thing from the first episode right off the bat that I liked was showing uh, where, uh, why am I blanking on her name now? Uh, 
Kate. <laughs> yeah. Right? She, Kate. She, yeah. The same name as your wife, by yeah. the way. <laughs> Kate. Um, I really enjoyed um, them showing where she was right when the Avengers were in 2012. That was cool. I didn't see that coming. I enjoyed them starting with that. Yeah. And just really getting background on, because we knew that she was going to kind of idolize Hawkeye, Mm -hmm. but I thought it was really cool to show where it all began. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're not going to watch the show and you just want to hear us talk about it, we'll, you know, give you details, uh, you know, as if though you, as if you haven't seen it, just in case there are some people that haven't done that. Um, The very first scene is, it literally starts out with 2012. So like Mm -hmm. we're back at like the, the first Avengers movie basically. Yeah, so I thought that was really well done. And for a whole, um, I mean, I'm sure I don't, I mean, the problem with this is like in Falcon and Winter Soldier, they said that everything would be right in front of you. And I almost feel like Hawkeye's kind of trending in the same way. Yeah. Where you really can already tell who the slime bag or somebody who's going to have dealings with bad people. You can smell it from a mile away. Yeah. In the first episode. And I would, I would say it's in the first 10 minutes of the first episode. It's, it's, it's quite obvious. Like, yeah, who the bad guy is. So, I mean, it's just kind of one of those things where, and maybe they're going in a different direction, but I feel like it's, so obvious that the mom's fiance is the bad guy, if not has something to do with the bad guys. It's so obvious. Yeah. And it was that was kind of a head scratcher to me. That choice. Yeah. Yeah. I you can maybe chalk some of it up to that this is a very short season. Mm-hmm. Um but we've gotten short seasons of other shows in the past as well. Like um, wasn't Loki only six episodes? Yes. So, I mean, but think about, and I'm, I'm going to get pretty negative on this, on, on Hawkeye because I, I'm not having a very good time with Hawkeye so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to, so I, I'll say this at the end and I'll say this right now at the beginning. I do overall like this show. Um, but I definitely don't love it. So like, so I'm going to get real negative and it's going to sound like I'm hate, I hate the show. I'm just going to get real nitpicky with some things, but yeah. I do. There's a lot to like with it too. But yeah, one of the things that I'm really finding myself doing is I'm not thinking about this constantly because it would take me out of the show to do it all the time. But there are definitely moments where I stop and think about how awesome the first couple episodes of Loki were mm-hmm. and and how much like I was just like captivated jaw on the floor like watching them go to like you know the time variant authority and yeah. like and just and just like just seeing this world unfold and I'm just not having any of those feelings with Hawkeye. Like, I'm just like, um, where is this going? You know, when are we going to get to the good, the good stuff? Um, you know, what, what is the, the overall, I don't, I just, I still don't really even know what the conceit of the show is after two full episodes. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what they're trying to save. Like, I, all I know is that they're like, everyone wants the suit, but like, I, other than that, I don't know what's really going on yet. And maybe that's by design, but um, boy, was I just uh, having a, a really hard time latching onto anything. I get, yeah. I, I felt like I was falling off of a cliff, just 
scraping the wall fall as I'm falling, trying to su- grab onto something, and I, I just couldn't find a handhold anywhere. Um, that's not to say I didn't enjoy myself at times. I just the overall plot hasn't really captivated me yet. Um, why don't you talk about Kate a little bit? Because this is, um, you know, we've gotten new characters even this year. Shang Chi being one of the bigger ones. Um, you know, Kate is a a new I assume mainstay for yeah, MCU. You would assume. So, um, so what do you think of the introduction so far? I, I mean, I feel like she's a likable character. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I would go to a frontline mainstay yeah. in Marvel shows to come. But, I mean, I feel like there's a lot to like. I mean, she brings humor, um, and she definitely can hold her own to a point. But I just feel like for her to really, like, if this was all uh, a Kate Bishop show, this would be even harder to watch. And honestly, even if they wouldn't have gotten Jeremy Renner, which... I don't think there is a Hawkeye show without Jeremy Renner. <laughs> right. But, I mean, even if they would have replaced Jeremy Renner with somebody else, I feel like this would fall even flatter on the face. And I feel like, really, the only thing that really holds this show up through these first two episodes is having Jeremy Renner in it. Yeah, I agree. I, I... And this is going to sound like totally fanboyish. And I, I actually, I, I'm I'm not like in love with even the Hawkeye, the, the Clint Barton character, yeah. uh, that much to be honest. But um, I was I was surprised by the lack of Jeremy Renner in the was it the first episode? There's one episode where like he's barely. I think it's the first, the episode, first episode. He's barely in it, mm-hmm. and I I thought that was a little bit of a mistake. Like I I felt like they I thought what was advertised in the trailer. Cause he's in like almost every shot of the trailer. Like mm-hmm. I, I thought they were, we were going to get like a handoff, like, um, yeah. you know, e- almost equal screen time really between these two characters. And I, I get that they have a lot more to say to introduce us to like Kate, like they want us to get to know this character. So they're going to show us at her at college with her mom, you know, like, you know, with her new, you know, about to be stepdad and, um, you know, destroying the bell tower or the, yeah, the clock tower and, and like all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, and we're learning about her past, like with martial arts and mm-hmm. about, you know, um, uh, like archery and, you know, fencing Olympic yeah, fencing. stuff. Um, so like, there's a lot that we need to, we need to spend time with her in order to get to know her. But I was surprised by how little Clint was really in it. And I was also a little, did you find some of the stuff with Clint to be a little, cliche like when it I, I like that it takes place at Christmas because MCU hasn't done that kind of thing this is more mm-hmm. like a, a DC comic a Batman kind of thing like to set things at like Christmas time with in yeah. the snow um, so like I was like okay this is cool like I like the setting of this um, a lot of the soundtrack is Christmas music which mm-hmm. I was like whoa this is like they're going all in on Christmas here um, so yeah it's really cool the setting of it I, I like but it's <laughs> I feel like we've seen it this a thousand times of like um okay kids i promise you i'm gonna be there for christmas i'll be home for he actually says the words i'll be home for christmas yeah at one point and then of course things are gonna go south and he's not gonna be you know it's threatening he's not gonna be there home uh you know in time there in time for christmas and well they keep saying how many days left (laughs) till christmas so you assume that he's probably going to be home for christmas i think i imagine he probably makes it um he has i think he still has like five days left or something but 
they there's like I think they I think Kevin Feige and his guys know that the one attachment that the audience has to Clint Barton is his family. Like yep. we all loved collectively, you know, loved seeing him, you know, uh, take uh, the Avengers to like his hideout farm and like, you know, be there with Laura and the kids and stuff like that. Like we, we've gotten to know, we haven't like spent a lot of time with the kids, but like that, that was a big part of the pulling the heartstrings with the snap, um, you know, the blip or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, watching his kids disappear and him like, you know, call their names out and stuff like that. So like, I know the family is a big part of Clint's identity, but boy, they they got like two scenes, maybe three with him. And then I, I assume they're just not going to be in the rest of the movie at all, except for phone calls. And um, I just feel like it's, um, it's uh, I don't mean this as like a bad, bad word, but it's kind of a bastardization of, of what we, what meant something to us in the movies is kind of being used as like a plot device. Yeah. If you get what I'm saying. And so it feels cheap to me in a little, mm-hmm. in a little bit like, um, you're, you're taking something that I've found a lot of heart and value in and you're basically just making it a tool for like telling this story that we have to come up with a reason why he can't be at, there at Christmas with his family, which he loves and stuff like that. So I'm not loving all that stuff. Um, um, I don't know. You, you talk about Clint a little bit. I, you're probably going to be a little bit more positive on the show than I am. Um, but, um, I don't know what, uh, what what do you like about his character? There are I, I could say some positive things about his character too in, in the show. Uh, I think one of the things that I really like seeing uh, in this Hawkeye show is just Clint really taking command. Um, in mm, yeah. previous Avengers movies, he's really like a second tier yeah. Avenger. Um, so just to seeing him kind of take the lead. I feel like that's a cool change of pace for the character. Yeah. And, but then kind of on the second, uh, on the flip side of it, I kind of am just like, I hate when they do just superheroes in everyday life. Oh yeah. And I mean, they definitely did. And like going Falcon to a restaurant where soldier. Yeah. And they've kind of done that with the show too. Yeah. And hopefully I hope we don't continue down that trail. Yeah. In fact, I think the, the, the most fun we've, and I think we've seen this a little bit before. I think maybe in Falcon winter soldier, they did this a little bit, but there's a little bit of like, um, celebrityism that's going on with the yep. Avengers now. And there's that scene when they he's he's going he goes to the restroom and in the restroom there's a guy that like pulls up to the urinal right next to him and he's mm-hmm. like hey can we get a selfie together? Um, at one point even uh, Kate who you already said is like a huge fan um, is like hey can you sign my bow and arrow <laughs> you know like mm-hmm. there's there's a uh, people recognize him even when he goes to the LARPing thing in episode two it's like people recognize hey you're Clint Barton you're you're Hawkeye um, so you know he's he is there like. Tom Cruise, like people will see him on the street and they know him. And so, so yeah, I prefer more of those kind of scenes of like, look at this hero and in an exalted altar kind of way, mm-hmm. as opposed to him just like having dinner with his family and then getting a free meal because you know, it's on the house or whatever. Yeah. Like that, for that, sure. that stuff is kind of boring to me. So, um, you want to talk favorite scenes? Uh, I think I don't really, 
I don't see again. It's maybe just because I'm not loving the show, but like I don't know that we need to go like scene by scene with with anything that's, that's happened. We can just kind of piecemeal. Well, let's let's just cover episodes one and two together because I, I already kind of spilled yeah. the beans a little bit on on episode two already. But um, just kind of favorite scenes over both episodes. That, which, by the way, like they all kind of run together anyways. Like mm-hmm. episode one literally stops seconds before episode two starts. It's there's almost no time yeah. in between. So. Um. I would say one of the probably the best scene from episode one is the musical of Rogers, the musical or whatever they call it. Yeah. Um, and it's, it really, I mean, it's just humorous. (laughs) I was laughing out loud, dude. I was, I was having a great time with that. And, uh, I mean, it's so, it's it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Um, (laughs) but, I mean, it's perfect for these type of shows, and uh, and it, you know, I hate to say it, but it makes sense. Like in that universe, if they if they had like real world heroes, yeah, they would absolutely Broadway would a- absolutely make a musical about those guys. Like it it makes perfect sense. Yeah, for sure. And another like one, so that scene's pretty humorous, and one scene that. I wasn't a huge fan of was, I mean, I enjoyed the whole like kind of like black market auction, Yeah, but the fight scene for me was just really lame. It's not very good, is it? No. And compared to like other fight scenes that we've gotten in the previous three shows, I feel like that first fight scene kind of just fell flat. Did it feel slow to you? It felt like everyone was in slow motion. Yeah. But they weren't in slow motion. <laughs> and I don't know if it's just Kate Bishop really isn't up to full speed yet. But, I mean, I feel like, for instance, in Falcon and Winter Soldier, they had that awesome, intense fight chase scene yes. at the beginning of the show. And this one could have done something similar, but I feel like it just kind of fell flat. Yeah, it's you. Are you talking about the the fight, the fighting that's going on in the auction house after yep. after it blew up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's like, Kate, you know, dons the Ronin costume and she starts, you know, uh, flipping around dudes and uh, taking them out and stuff like that. But again, she's taking them out, them out very slowly. And I get, I think you're right. I think what they want to, I think if they were going to apologize for it, they would say, well, she's a you know a twenty something, a twenty one year old kid basically you know a college kid that has, has never been in a real fight before like she's yeah. done fencing but that's not real fighting uh and so of course she's going to be not like polished like all the avengers would be you know mm-hmm. she's not going to be black widow yeah. um which okay i get that but at the same time it's like well, then why are we watching her <laughs> like if she, mm-hmm. if she doesn't have the abilities that even have the abilities that black widow has which she doesn't um i i just I don't know. It, and it's, it becomes even more curious when you get to episode two and you watch the fencing and she's completely owning uh, Jack, the, you know, the bad guy of the show. And, you know, she keeps saying, you know, you're letting me win, you're letting me win, but she's really skilled at mm-hmm. fencing. So yeah. in one scene, she's an incredibly skilled fighter. In another scene, she's just kind of like hacking her way through it. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel like it's on purpose. It feels like it's just really bad choreography. Um, yeah. So, so, I mean... I'm with, I'm with you on that. So, hopefully, 
I hope that the fight scenes as we get on or go on will get more entertaining. And but I mean, a lot of this stuff kind of was just head scratching. Um, the dog is cute, but I don't really, I don't really think it plays much of a role. Yeah, that's. I mean, is he gonna be like a sidekick type type character? Yeah, I, I didn't know where that was going because at first it felt like okay, this is how this is the origin story of how she meets this dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and this we sh- we should have said this at the top, but this show is clearly like directly inspired by a certain run of comics. Yeah, um, called Hawkeye. Um, I think in this is in the mid 2010s. I can't remember the exact year, but um, it's it, those comics are. Well, I don't know if it's the origin story of Kate Bishop, but I know it's it's definitely um, the. Let's see, I'm looking it up. Uh, let's see, no, that's not it. 2000, okay, 2016. So those are the ones that I I know. I think she she appeared as early as like 2005 in okay. Young Avengers or whatever uh, the character. But um, I remember the 2016 comic run, Hawkeye number one. They like literally like rebooted the comic, and Hawkeye number one is not Clint. It's it's she's on the cover as, as this girl. Like it's, it's a girl Hawkeye now Okay, uh, as of 2016. So the comic book didn't come out that long ago. It came out five years ago and uh, she's all in purple. I, I mean, they're clearly like designing this MCU version of Kate after that 2016 run in the comics. And, and I haven't read those comics. Maybe in the comics there's a, is it like a golden retriever? What kind of dog was it? Yeah. I think golden retriever is what they're going for. Um, so like maybe for all we know, there's like a dog that's like, you know, prominently featured in that comic. Um, and, and that's like a, um, a wink and a nod to the people who have read the comic book. But if he like never comes back <laughs> again in another episode, I'm going to be really confused because they made a lot to do about like, she sees the dog then she doesn't see the dog. Then the dog gets involved in the, in the melee mm-hmm. and she saves his life and then she brings the dog back to her apartment and gives him pizza. And then like, that's not even the last we see of him. Like in like, you know, five scenes later, Clint is there at her apartment and you know, he's talking about the dog. Oh, cute dog. You know what? Not much of a guard dog is he? And, and then they, but the, like the apartment immediately gets Molotov and they have to run and like take the dog with them. And you never see the dog again after that. And I was just like, okay, like, I, is this like, do I need to know about the dog? Like, do I need to follow the dog's story in all this? Or is this like, you know, something not to worry about? Yeah. And if it's something not to worry about, it just feels like wasted screen time. Mm-hmm. So, um, I want to say something positive because I've been really negative about the show. Um, I like the look of this show visually. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever watch the, the Netflix daredevil no. show? Um, that show is, um, I'm talking visually, like I'm talking about the, the amount of light in the frame. Like, yeah. um, it is that the, the way that they shot, shot dark, uh, daredevil, it's almost always at night. I mean, that's true of the character. Like he, you know, he's a lawyer by day and you know, vigilante by night or whatever, superhero at night. So like, there's a lot of night shots, a lot of like filming at night for that show. Um, so far we've mostly seen night, um, for this show as well. There's a, a few shots in the day as they're going through Times Square or whatever, but it's, it's a lot of dark, darker shots and a lot of their clothes are dark. Like, um, she's Ronan's, uh, suit, you know, famously is very dark, uh, almost black really. And, um, kind of ninja like, and then, you know, a lot of the, 
other than the tracksuit, I want to talk about tracksuit mafia or whatever, because they're hilarious and ridiculous. Um, but like a lot of the guys she's fighting are like, you know, dark and there's a lot of shadows and, and just the way that it's shot, like it has a cool look to it um, that I'm really enjoying. That's not, it's very different than some of the more, um, like Loki had a lot of like uh, almost like pastel like very bright color type stuff, but that worked for that show. Mm-hmm. And uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier was very eclectic in its European style. I feel like with this one, we're getting like a, a dark and gritty, almost Batman, you know, Gotham-ish kind yeah. of feel. Um, at, so far at least so maybe it gets a lot brighter in the second half but um, I do dig the the um, the, the visual of, of the show so far so yeah and I mean I would also say that the show definitely has potential yeah and I mean I'm sure it's going to get better um, I just feel like it kind of it's already been two episodes, so you kind of think, well, we only have four episodes left, so hopefully it picks up. But, I mean, I feel like there have been other uh, Marvel shows recently that have gotten off to slow starts, and so I feel like it will pick up, but um, the first two episodes is just kind of a downer. Yeah. I definitely felt that way with WandaVision. The first really three episodes, it takes a while for that show to really pick up and get moving. Um, but they also had nine episodes. The episodes were also shorter than these episodes, so maybe it all balances out. But um, I felt like that show had a lot of breathing time and time to like explain what was going on. And there was also a lot of mystery in that show, and I'm just not I'm not feeling any sense of mystery with, with what's going on in Hawkeye at all. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I, I, I want it to pick up. Like I want the show to be... Um, you know, more engaging um, than it is. So maybe we'll we'll get that. Um, I have a question because there's one thing I, I don't know if they if we know the answer to it yet or if it's like intentionally, you know, left in the dark. But so the thieves like blow up the the black market auction that that's mm-hmm. going on. They sell, they sell like the sword, which Jack immediately picks up after you know the big distraction, um, and then uh, and Kate gets the the suit right as the thieves are like, they blow up the back wall from the outside of the building and go into the thing. And they're saying, you know, there's there's a lot of things here that we could grab, but the most important thing is the watch, find the watch. Is that something that's been answered so far? Did I miss it? Like I I haven't, I haven't heard anyone mention a watch in episode two. So yeah. Um, I'm not really sure. So that's still, that's still an open question. I, I feel like it still is. Unless I missed something, but I feel like if we would have heard it by now, it would have been something more significant, but I don't think they've answered what's so significant about the watch yet. Yeah. Um, I kind of dug the Armand, uh, the third character. I thought he was actually like, he's, he's acted very well and uh-huh. I think his character is very intriguing, uh, but they like immediately killed him off in the, <laughs> the yep. first episode. Didn't take very long. <laughs> Um, so it's clearly Jack that has killed him. I mean, he, he grabbed the Ronin sword and then he was killed by a sword. So it seems pretty likely, but, um, maybe we'll find out that, you know, it's not what meets the eye. We'll see, <laughs> but it seems like it's pretty, pretty clear what's going on so far. But, um, that was his uncle or, uh, Jack's uncle was Armand. So he killed, yeah. killed his own uncle. Um, again, seems pretty clear what the motivation was. He was talking about inheritance money and all that stuff. So, um, you know, I, 
you know, we'll see. Like, maybe we'll get to episode six and we're like, boy, were we wrong <laughs> about what was really going on. Um, but right now, it just seems, like you said earlier, very on the nose, um, clear what's going on. Um, be- best episode uh, two scene is probably the LARPing yeah, thing. I would agree with that. And, I mean, it wasn't a fantastic. I mean, I feel like episode two was just almost it almost felt like it was a filler episode already yeah to where not a whole lot happened in this episode and okay you want to talk about falcon and winter what you hated from falcon and winter soldier i hated maybe it's too strong but you get what i'm saying um they they spent like five minutes of episode two um bandaging her (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> like they go to the convenience store. He's like, he's like, I gotta get s- some supplies, and she's like, Oh, super secret uh, Avenger supplies. He's like, No, like Neosporin. Like we're gonna bandage up your wounds, and then th- he takes her back to her apartment or at, it's her aunt's place or whatever. Yep. And they, she's been, he's been like, and he's describing what the bandage does. I was like, Wait, is this girl like eleven years old? Like he's like, he's like, Well, yeah, you know, if we pinch pinch together the skin, it will help it heal. I'm like, What are we doing right now? Yeah. <laughs> I thought of you actually during that scene because I was just like, oh, I bet Grant is yawning right now. He hates this part. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, it's just kind of like, I mean, you know that you're going to get a filler episode, but you just kind of wonder why it's happening so soon. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like with four episodes remaining for this to be good in my eyes i would say the next three out of the four episodes nia b hits yeah um i'll add a couple more positive things i i do like that they're bringing ronin back i yep. that was probably telegraphed in the trailer i just don't remember it but i like that like she steals the ronin suit gets seen fighting in the streets like the the uh, tracksuit mafia or whatever yeah gang find find her in the suit assume that it's actually the real Ronan, which is of course not. They keep calling uh, her him because they, they, they think it's the same dude. They, they don't know his identity, but they think it's Clint. Um, and so then like the news picks it up and like now, now all of a sudden it's like the Ronin is back, you know? And I was like, that's cool. Like that was a character from the infinity war movie that I never thought we would ever see again. And even though it's not truly Ronan, I mean, maybe it will be later in the, in the season, but so far it's just been Kate in that so it's still cool to see that persona again yeah. and how it's affecting even the crime world. Um, like they're reacting to mm-hmm. it and it's really what gets them in trouble. Like by the end of episode two, they're in captivity and you know, being hostage by these, uh, by this gang because of, of the student, I, you know, I'm sure the, I'm sure the Ronin like, you know, killed a lot of their dudes <laughs> like back in those years. And so, you know, it's payback time type of thing. Yeah. So, um, and it's pretty cool. Um, but I mean, I feel like the tracksuit mafia, I mean, it's humorous because these guys are obviously just the muscle, but they all also have like the idiocracy of that evil henchmen always do. Oh yeah. And <laughs> I mean, after the first couple times, of them talking during like the interrogation. I mean, the first like couple times you're like, haha, that that's pretty funny. But then they just kept going and it's just like, 
you know, I thought it was funny the first couple times, mm-hmm. but you don't need to keep going back to it. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess staying on the humor train a little bit, I, I do think there are some funny moments. Um, you know, we still really haven't said what happens in the LARPing scene, but there's a, there's a part where it's a LARP, it's a LARP, a live action role play where people come together. This this is like if you're not aware, this like really does happen in like cities all all across the at least the United States, if not the world. And um, he in order to get the suit back, which has been stolen by this guy, um, random guy on the internet. He tra- he tracks him down to this LARPing event, and he in order to get it back, he has to wage battle like fake battle. You know, let's settle this like men type of thing. Yeah, and um, they do this like very iconic like circle thing where they circle these guys and have them duke it out mano a mano, and like they're it's just plastic swords is all they're using. But Clint is obviously a very skilled like technical fighter like it's really funny to me that he's fighting these guys that clearly don't know what they're doing in a fight Mm -hmm. and he and like he's like before that scene he's like this actually is slow-mo like walking through the forest and like just killing people left and right and not even thinking about it because it's just like his everyday job yeah um so i thought i was laughing during that part and but dude what slayed me was um they're in that mano a mano fight in the circle, whatever, and their plastic swords are hitting each other. And the, there's like this one dude on the side that's providing the sound effects for it. He's like cling, cling, yeah, cling. <laughs> like as yeah. they're fighting, and I I lost it. I was like, that is so good. Like just nerds, like you know, geeking out over like sword combat. You know, um, I, it, I thought that was really funny. Um, and then I don't think Kate is hilarious. She's more like adorable, like we've used that term a little bit on the show, but um, where it's like, oh, you know, that's totally something, you know, my friend would say, you know, or I would say or whatever. Um, I will say, and I don't think this is a a positive for you and I, but I do think that this is one of the few, and I think we'll get this again with Miss Marvel. This is one of the few times that like a millennial girl is getting like, the spotlight on her in, in this MCU, it's all been like, you know, white dudes that are in their forties and fifties. Like, you know, they're now, now they're these, you know, uh, Robert Downey's not, he's not spring chicken anymore. So like we were used to watching these older guys and this is like, she, this is a girl who's like literally in her twenties and is from that generation of cell phone. Like she just lives on her phone and texts her friends every day. Like, yeah. you know, she's, she's not, she's not black widow. She's not, any of the heroes that we've seen so far, she's different. And I, I think that's cool. I think you're going to see that even more. We got kind of got that with Spider-Man a little bit, but he's a, he's a dude. So it's a little different. He's a guy. Um, I think Miss Marvel, you're going to see even more. It's going to be like, um, and it's not going to appeal to everybody. It may not even appeal to you, but I think with Miss Marvel, we're going to get even more like, cause she's a teenager. She's like in the comics, at least she's like 15, 16. Okay. So like, we're going to see like, you know, high school, immaturity maybe a little bit from her um and at least kate is somewhat mature because she's like college age Mm -hmm. but she still is like you know very shy and very unsure of herself and uh nervous and you know situations where everyone's cool calm and collected you know so it's it's neat that we're seeing a different kind of character i think in the mcu yeah and i think the acting is really good like I, i i don't have any complaints about the performances that they're giving i just don't think it's very well written uh, from even like the um, 
uh, the, like the the line line to line. Like I don't think it's captivating conversations. Like I'm just like, I, what are we even talking about right now? Yeah. Um, and then the overall plot to me is not compelling yet. Um, we'll see if that changes in episode three. Yeah. So. <laughs> I did write write down one one line exchange in the LARPing thing. He, um, uh, the the guy I forget his name. Um, the the guy that he ends up fight. It's like I can't remember his name. Anyway, he like whispers to Clint. He's like he's like let me kill you, and then like Hawkeye is like completely exasperated. He's a perfect kind of personality to go into this like really ridiculous situation because he's like he's so no nonsense. Yeah. But um, he, he just like looks down at the ground and he whispers he's, to himself. He's like, I fought Thanos. <laughs> I thought that was really good. So anyway, any other thoughts on the first couple episodes? Um, one thing that I would say is definitely missing is Yelena. Yes. Yeah. Talk about that. Because I kept... I. I thought that, I thought the big Yelena reveal is going to be the final shot of episode two, and it wasn't. It, yeah. it was a girl, but it wasn't Yelena. Yeah. So, um, I feel like that was one of the things that I was most looking forward to with this show. Yeah. And I really hope it's not going to be one of those where we only get like one episode of her. I'm starting to to fear that that's the case. I I, I really think there's only four episodes left. Like, yeah. I don't know. Unless she's in all four of the episodes that are remaining, I think she is going to be relegated to just one or two. Yeah. Here's here's what here's what's going to suck is they gave all that anticipation for this character being in this show. What if she shows up in like the last fifteen minutes of episode six? Like that's going to be really frustrating. Yeah, I would agree with that. So we'll see what they do with her. But yeah, that's that's a huge omission uh, for the first couple episodes, and I, I get it. Like they don't want to. Y- Yelena is is still a fresh character, and not everyone's even seen Black the Black Widow movie mm-hmm. yet. So that people maybe maybe are listening to this, they don't even know who we're talking about. But um, she is she's got some star power. Florence Pugh's performance in that movie is incredible. Yeah. So like people are already anticipating. Oh, when do we get to see her again? That I I just did, I think they probably just wanted to give Kate her time in the in the spotlight and didn't want to pull that away from her too soon. That's the only reason I could think of to not have Elaine in the first couple episodes. Yeah, so, I mean, I feel like that's something that we're definitely waiting to see. And, I mean, I was really hoping that she was going to be the big bad that they were going to uh, reveal at the end. So that was kind of a letdown. But other than that, that's really all I got from these first two episodes. Um, I also think some of the tech, um, some of the, it's a little days ex machina where like they give her abilities that she shouldn't, a normal 22 year old wouldn't have like, um, but then they chalk it up to, to uh, Bishop security. So like her, her mom, her mom and dad or dad's, you know, uh, d- dad obviously happens in the first scene of the first episode, but um, they, uh, I guess she runs this security company mm-hmm. that has access to like surveillance types software and stuff like that. And so, of course, their daughter has the ability to track his phone from her phone. Like, I was like, okay, I know what you're trying to do. Like, you're trying to make it look like she has, you know, super tech technology powers and most people wouldn't have because of her <laughs> association with this family and this company. But I was just like, I don't know, man. Like, it, it feels a little, uh, 
a little forced like yeah. that, you know, they're going to give her this ability. So, um, I don't know. I, I'm definitely, I'm a, I'm a little bored so far and I'm a little wishy-washy on some of the, the, uh, just the strengths and weaknesses of the show, but I'm still intrigued to see. I want to, I know I want to know more about this character. I want to know more about what Clint's role in all of this is. I want to see Elena come back. Um, I want to know who this mystery girl is at the end of episode two. So I'm still in the heat of the, of the, the race, but I'm not, I'm not like just, you know, burning to get to the, to the next episode. Yeah. So, um, of the four episodes, I mean, if we, if if this was the we've seen everything of Hawkeye, it's only a two episode show, which obviously wouldn't make sense with a big cliffhanger. But let's just say that this is all of it. This is easily number four of the mm-hmm. of the four shows that, I would that we've agree seen. With that so we'll see if it can take, you know, bump up a, a spot and move like you know Falcon or WandaVision down a spot or something like that. I don't think so. I I would be shocked if it becomes that compelling by the end. Cuz even by with Falcon and Winter Soldier by the end of the episode 2 I was like, "Okay, I'm I'm on the ride, like let's do this." Mm-hmm. And I'm still not there um with Hawkeye, so. All right. Um what else have you been watching on Disney Plus, Grant? Anything? No. Thanksgiving. Yeah, Thanksgiving was really busy um you guys did some traveling ju- just a lot of family time and i know we're not a football podcast but tell tell people what you got to do over the um, thanksgiving break also got to go see tom brady play um for those of you that don't know i'm a huge tom brady fan so got to see the buccaneers play the colts and cool. that was an extremely awesome experience and had a great time and they won so that made it even better so there really wasn't much time for disney plus because like leading up to that there was just a lot of family time sure a lot of games playing board games and stuff a lot of eating and lots of watching sports so yeah yeah, you. I mean, your family especially is a big sports family. My, I did grow up watching all the sports. Um, my dad did like football, so I watched. Um, well, he liked baseball, I guess, primarily. Um, he also watched a little bit of football, so I just kind of like, um, like most kids, just kind of, you know, by association, kind of saw mm-hmm. watch what he watched. But we didn't watch. Uh, we didn't grow up watching basketball, uh, hockey, um, you know, in the lesser sports, soccer, soccer, and all that kind of stuff in the states. Um, so like really baseball was like the only like major sport that I watched growing up. I almost never watched uh, football at all. And so, um, yeah, when we get together, even now, like in our older ages, my parents Mm -hmm. and and me being older, it's, we don't get together and watch football or any sport. (laughs) It's just, it's very different in my family. So, um, all right. If you're okay with me, like basically just like going solo here for the next like 10 minutes. I'll, I'll try to make it quick. I, I did watch a lot. I, I'll, I guess I'll talk about what I did over the break um, while we were traveling. So we went to Nashville. Um, we're, Grant and I live in, in um, the Springfield, Missouri area. Uh, we actually live like a week, a, a block away from each other <laughs> in, in the town that we live in. And um, so I, I drove uh, w- with our family about seven hours to Nashville and Boy, do they have some awesome movie theaters out there, man. You would you would love, love, love this um, AMC that we went to in Franklin, Tennessee. Okay. It's just outside of Nashville. They they have a lot of the same things that we have in Springfield, like reclining seats and 
um, you know, really good food and, you know, stuff that we've come accustomed to at, at the Alamo. They yep. don't bring it, bring, bring it to your seat. That's one thing that Alamo actually has up on them. But one thing that Alamo in Springfield, Missouri does not have is they have Dolby theaters and it's not every theater. Like we went to theater six at AMC Franklin and that, that theater and like maybe one or two others are like specifically Dolby theaters. Mm-hmm. It's when you think of Dolby, you think of audio and it's definitely that, but I guess Dolby does video stuff too, which I didn't know. Okay. The screen is massive. So like, um, it's not IMAX, but it's, um, have you guys been to the Springfield IMAX, like the yeah. AMC IMAX? Mm-hmm. So like AMC has like some IMAX theaters around, I think it's around the country, not just in Springfield. Um, that are like, I, I've heard it called like fake IMAX or like, it's, yeah. it, it's like, it's, you know, a half, it's maybe half the size of an IMAX, but still like twice the size of a regular screen. Okay. Um, and it felt like that to me, like this theater, it's it huge, huge screen. And the audio is like loud and subwoofers just in surround sound. Like it was, it was making our seats rattle as we were watching the movie. So the movie we saw was Encanto, the new Disney, yeah. Disney movie. Mm-hmm. So it's relevant to this podcast. Uh, Encanto, not on Disney plus right now. So you can't, you can't actually watch it at the moment. I am hoping that this is one of those 45 day delay release uh, things because they're not doing premiere. Um, I gotta say this, I'll keep it short and spoiler free um, on Encanto. I know most people listening to this have not seen it. Um, this movie is incredible. Okay. It's, it's so good. Um, I, 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 I'm stealing this from like a vulture. I think it was a vulture.com article or whatever. I just read the headline, a few lines of the, of the article, but it said uh, best movie since the first frozen movie. Wow. So like all the thing about, I mean, there's not like a ton, a ton of movies, but animated films, they've released, you know, three or four a or whatever. Amount, yeah. yeah. Since the first frozen, they say it's better than all of those. Wow. And I, I think I agree. I, I liked, I liked Encanto better than frozen two. Hmm. Um, I liked it better than, I don't know that I would, but see it's uh, Coco is really good too. And it's very similar to this movie as, as far as it's um, uh, culture. But, yeah. Um, but Pixar is, I think, technically not Disney, if you want to be really technical. Um, but um, it is up there for me, uh, especially if you're talking about non-Pixar. Take Pixar completely out of the running. For me, it's a it is an easily top 10 uh, Disney animated movie. It might be a top five wow. Disney animated movie. This movie is so, so good. Um, the characters are immediately lovable. The music is phenomenal. It's all Lin-Manuel. Miranda doing the the music. There's a lot of music. There's like six or seven songs in the movie. Um, The there's a mystery to the to the movie that I'm not going to spoil that uh, you don't get from the trailer. Like the trailer, the trailer is one of those trailers, and I'm glad it is this way. By the way, it's one of those trailers that you think the movie is going to be about this house that's like alive. Like I'm not spoiling. This is all in the trailer, but like the house is literally like a character and is like talking to them so to speak um in you know kind of in ways that like chewy like chewbacca talks to people like you can't understand what he's saying but you understand what he's saying and so but that is like the the house is like 10 percent i mean that's like the the top of the glacier and there's like 90 percent glacier underneath that they don't show you in the trailer and that's what i love about that trailer but um the the basic conceit if you don't know anything about the movie is this is all in the trailer there, there is a family called the Madrigals um, or Madrigal um, that is um, special in the sense that every person gets like a superpower. Basically, it's not like a 
Avenger superpowers, but like, like one has like super hearing, one has super strength. Um, one can like create flowers <laughs> out of nowhere. Um, they, these aren't like fighting powers for the most part, but they're just like special gifts that they can basically bless their community with. Um, and so they're seen as like this, you know, uh, magical family that like can do all these cool things that we hmm. can't, that normal humans, normies can't do. Um, but in the family, there's one character that doesn't get a gift on her whatever tenth birthday, whatever Uh-oh. it is, and that's that's the main character. Um, and um, there's that's all I want to say. That there's there's more to that situation than what is apparent just watching the trailer. Like as you go along, you're like, okay, like this is really cool, and you you long to like figure out like what is really going on under the surface mm-hmm. as you're watching the movie, and they don't really fully reveal it until the very end. Um, and there's like a, a surprise character that they, that's not even mentioned in the trailers that shows up and becomes integral to the plot. So there's a lot of surprises in the movie. Um, it's very well written. It's very well acted. It's very well sung. Um, th- there's almost nothing. It's, it's stunningly beautiful to watch. Like the colors and just because of this, the magical nature of this house, there's just a lot that they can do and they change the palette color all the time like in every other scene. So it's, it's just... Um, Watch this on like the you know the biggest most beautiful you know screen you you have with the best speakers and just and just sink into that culture like just you know fall fall into this world that they've created. Um, definitely sold on this movie. It's great. So that's, that's good, Phil. Yeah, um, I'm excited for people to watch it on Disney Plus yeah. when it comes. Um, I hadn't heard a ton about this movie. I'd seen the previews, of course, but um, not wasn't really sure what to expect from it so but i'm glad you enjoyed it and i probably won't see it in theaters but yeah i would say probably when if it comes to disney plus i'll see it then i don't blame you i i don't know that i would have seen it either if we didn't have kids uh, like uh, you and caitlin don't have kids yet um we only went to go see it in theaters because jordan really wanted to see it and i thought it looked pretty good from the trailer okay. but i wasn't like dying to see it yeah i walked out of the theater blown away i was just like oh my gosh what did we just watch that was amazing um and i i'm longing to see it again like when it comes to disney plus and, Je- and jordan wants to watch it i will like legit i don't always do this on movie night like where i'm like i'm not totally engaged mm-hmm. <laughs> in what she want, wants to watch because she's watching trolls for the fifth time but um when she wants to watch Encanto for the second time on Disney Plus, I will absolutely just sit down and just watch that movie. Like I, I can't wait to see it again. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't blame you. It's not. Um, this isn't like Spider Man No Way Home or anything. Uh-huh. Like this is not like a, as engaging, I guess, for adults. But I gotta say, I was riveted. I was glued to every scene um, as I was watching it. So um, yeah, it's it's really great. So that's awesome. I'm I'm hoping that I mean, 45 days from. Um, basically the day before Thanksgiving. So I'm guessing my, I, I don't know this, but I, I would think it's probably like the first week of January is what probably what we're looking at for uh, Disney plus release. So yeah. Um, you know, look, look for that release. Cause that's going to be a big one. Um, okay. I, I, I did watch making a black widow and making of what if, but just in the interest of time. And so I don't end up talking on like nonstop for 30 minutes at the end of this episode. I'm just going to do one more and then I, I can table making a black widow making of what if for next time. Um, I watched the first of three episodes of the get back Beatles documentary. And I, this is a game changing documentary for the, for Beatles, huh. Beatles fans. It really is. Okay. Um, 
here's what's different about this show than any other documentary that I've ever seen. And, and this, and what I'm about to say is either going to tell you everything you need to know to not watch it or tell you everything you need to know to watch it immediately. Like I, cause I, I do think that there are two camps that people are going to fall in on this, on this, mm-hmm. on the, on this thing. Um, this is not a super edited documentary. That's not the point of this. Um, it's, there are three episodes. The first episode alone is two and a half hours. Um, the third, the second episode is like over three hours. I think it's like three, three hours and 15 minutes long. That is um, crazy. The third episode is, is still over two hours. So you're looking at about eight hours of content. And what this is, I'll, I'll explain it, the premise of it for people who are not familiar with it at all. It is, um, so the Beatles in, I think it's either 69 or 70, um, everyone knows like their rooftop, like mm-hmm. final concert, yep. right? What I didn't know, and maybe a lot of fans also don't know, is that they wrote all. They performed the "Let It Be" album, their final album, on the rooftop for their final concert. Um, they wrote all of the songs, most of the songs, almost all of the songs uh, for that album in two and a half weeks, and they did it in like uh, like a warehouse. Basically, it's like not a very good place to even write music. Um, for they they basically. Um, I haven't got there yet to see what it looks like, but they basically wanted to do like a promo, like a promotional video that would air on television. And they, they wanted the promo to be like this uh, live performance of this brand new album. Uh, maybe not every song, but most of it on TV so that you would go out and buy the album. Um, and, the, but they didn't have any songs uh, recorded or even written huh. when, when they went to the warehouse. So they started on like, like January 5th or something like that. And by the, um, I think it was like the 18th or 19th of January, they had to have the entire album's music written, like, (laughs) like write the chords and the words and everything. And so now this is very late in the Beatles. You know, they're about to break up really like within six months or so of this this film. Um, And so that comes with, you know, that tells you everything you need to know about like the dynamics between, the people in the film, like um, in particular, Paul and John, Paul McCartney and John Lennon are really going at each other's throats. Like mm. for a lot of the first episode there's, and they don't hold anything back in the documentary. It's, it shows every fight, every, you know, all the bad language. Like, I mean, they are like really not fans of each other at this point, stage yeah. in their lives. Uh, Yoko is there. Yoko Ono is in the background for a lot of the shots. Um, uh, I still haven't got to the, the, the main statement that's going to, you know, bifurcate the, the audience here. Here's what you need to know. Um, most documentaries, like you watch, um, you know, uh, uh th- that documentary that I love about, um, free solo about the, uh, rock climber or whatever you're seeing like two or three weeks or maybe a month or no, it's months of this guy's life pared down to like a, a, a concise, like 94 minute or whatever film. That is not what this thing is trying to do at all. And you're going to see lots and lots of scenes, where it's just uncut. Like it's like just 20 minutes straight of like, there's no cuts. There's no fast forward 30 minutes. It's just, it's almost like Peter Jackson is like saying, I'm just going to show you what happened and you decide for yourselves what you want to believe. A lot of documentaries are trying to like do a message. Like here's what we want you to learn, yeah. you know, from this experience. That's he's not trying to do that at all in this. And that's going to turn some people off. I, I like it though. Like I like, it's literally a window into these guys' life for this for this two and a half weeks period of time. We are like living next to these guys and like getting to know them, seeing what they were really like 
with each other in private. Um, and it's, it's something that's, there are some scenes from the documentary that have been shown, but a lot of it is never before seen footage. I mean, I would say the lion's share of it is not, never before seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very telling and very, it explains a lot about their relationships at this, at this stage. Um, so one of the things that happens at the end of the, of the first episode, um, I, I, spoilers is really a thing. This is like real life, but um, George leaves the band. Like George Harrison's like, I'm out. What? Uh, yeah. Phil. I know, a bit huge cliffhanger. I, you know, who knows what they're going to write for his character next. Um, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's just cool to watch like these real people living their real lives uh, as opposed to, you know, just the facade that they made available to audiences through their films and concerts mm-hmm. and stuff. So uh, it's cool. I, the, if you've ever wanted to know like the music writing process, like how do songs get written? Like from there's nothing on the page to there's a sheet full of music on the page. Uh, this is a brilliant thing to watch. Like it's, it's fascinating to watch them. Uh, Paul start to like come up with the tune and the, and the words for, for let it be um, for, you know, the tune and the lyrics for, you know, these other uh, big songs from, on the album. So very cool. Um, it's not even my favorite Beatles album. It's not even in my top three Beatles albums. Like it's um, the let it be album is, is to me mostly okay. Um, and maybe that speaks to how quickly, <laughs> quickly they had to write it. But I, I'm fascinated by just how we're the, the window into the music writing process that mm-hmm. we're learning. So it's, it's fantastic. It is obviously a huge commitment. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I'm going to commit to the full eight and a half hours or whatever it is and watch all of it, but, um, it, not a lot of people will. Um, I think if you if you play music and especially if you've written music in the past, it's a no brainer. Absolutely. Watch it. You'll love it. Even if you don't like the Beatles, you'll still enjoy watching it. Um, if you're not into music or certainly don't care about the music writing process, and especially if you don't like the Beatles, I would say, <laughs> I would say skip it, um, just because of the time commitment. But, um, if you're looking for like an in-depth, like deep, deep, deep dive into the Beatles, this is it, man. And, uh, I think Peter Jackson, uh, just nails it from the, uh, the, the few cuts that he does do. There are some things they, they captured on audio, but not on video. Um, but he like intersperses like still images while you're listening to audio and puts, um, you know, you're getting to know the people because he puts names on the screen for you. Hey, this is the producer, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, he does a really good job of like explaining what, what's going on in the scene if it's not clear. So yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm in man. I, I was, I had to stop it. Like I was watching it by myself. Majesco was in the room. I was watching it with headphones and I was hitting pause like every 20 minutes and be like, you, you, you won't believe what they just said or what they just did. Like, um, it's so cool. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. The last thing I want to say about the first, this is just the first episode, but, um, are you familiar with the, the song? You don't know a lot of Beatles probably, you know, some, nah, a couple. Okay. Do you know the song get back? No. Okay. So that, that's obviously the title of the documentary It's I think the first track on, on the album. Um, but it's like, um, you know, uh, you know, Joja was a man who lit Tucson, Arizona and da, 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 whatever. You don't know the song. Okay. No. Anyway. Um, there, there's one, one part where like John, John at this point, John Lennon was like going through the freaking motions. Like he was barely even in the band. He hated practicing anyways. And he, he was like showing up late to practices and uh, songwriting sessions. And even when he was there, he was like kind of mentally checked out. Um, at one point, 
um, Paul's like the only one there. Like he comes in early one day cause he's the only one that like really cares about moving the band forward. And he just starts like humming this tune and his get back. And like, he doesn't have any words. So he's literally just humming it like kind of like how I was a second ago with no words. And you're just like, Oh my gosh. Like I'm watching, I'm watching the inception, the, the creation of this song on film, like right now, like it's, it's, it's fascinating to watch it. So, um, yeah, anyway, and there's a lot more that I could say, but just, just go watch it. It's, it's, it's really fantastic. Uh, we will end with, uh, our last segment that we do on every show, which is what's coming up on Disney plus this week. Um, let's take a look at it. So this is for, uh, Wednesday, December 1st and Friday, December 3rd. Um, they're going back to like Wednesday's not releasing anything anymore. It's kind of weird. Like they've gone back and forth. Friday is the bigger day this week. Wednesday, December 1st, really the only thing of note is Hawkeye episode three. I do like that they release those in the middle of the week. So you got plenty of time to watch them, um, before you see people on the weekend or whatever. Um, and then the only other thing that's coming out, uh, as we record this tomorrow, by the time this episode releases, it's, it's today. (laughs) Um, Disney insider episode one eleven. um, Alice in Wonderland's uh, animation, kind of a deep dive into that animation. Wonderful. So, yeah, it doesn't sound that appealing. That's it uh, for Wednesday. Friday, uh, December 3rd, um, probably the biggest release is um, Diary of a Wimpy Kid. I know those, like, there's like live action. I've never seen There them. is, yeah. Um, did you ever, you ever see those like 2010, 2011? Um, I've seen parts of them. Don't think I've ever seen a full version of it. Okay. I, I don't even know like if they're any good. I, did you enjoy what you saw? Uh, somewhat. Um, obviously, I wasn't the intended audience when these came out. Sure. But, I mean, for the most part, I mean, they're humorous, I would say. Yeah. So, this is basically, I don't know, like, reboot's not really the right word. It's, it's based on the book series, obviously. Um, it's just another... Uh, adaptation of the books, yeah. I guess is to say it, the best way to say it. This one is animated. So it's, 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 you know, CGI animation mm-hmm. um, and all new voice actors, obviously. And um, I watched a little bit of the trailer. I was like, okay, I like, I, I, yeah, I'm I not mean, the target audience for this either, but it looks intriguing yeah. at least. And I mean, if you've never, if you've never read the books and don't intend to, this is like, like a very bite-sized way to experience the story of the diary of a wimpy kid. Um, as far as I know, they're probably going to release all of the books as movies if they do well. Yeah. Um, they definitely already have, they're already filming or filming. They're already like recording audio sessions and, um, animating the second movie in the, in this film series is what they're calling it. So, um, they're already committed to the first two books for sure. And I would say the other ones are probably coming as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you have, especially this is more of like a, it's not quite YA, is it? But it's like older kids. Yeah. Like, I don't think this would appeal to Jordan very much. No. She's five. Yeah. It's probably like, I don't know, like nine to 13. Yeah. Tw- kind of tween age. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know if she'll want to watch it or not. I don't know if it's pr- going to be appropriate for her to watch or not. It's probably, you know, school drama that she's not really engaging in it at kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Um, so she may not enjoy a lot of it, but, um, yeah, that's released on Friday. It's going to be a big release for a lot of kids. So, um, okay. I didn't, I, I read the, I read through all these earlier. I, I don't normally don't have time to do that, but, um, do you remember that, um, Thailand's cave, like the boys were like trapped in the cave mm-hmm. and they couldn't get through because yep. they were flooded. There's a documentary releasing this Friday. 
huh. about that. I think it's 2018 is when, okay. I, when that game, yep. when that happened. That sounds right. Um, so the description is just one one sentence. Members of a rescue team try to save 12 boys and a coach who are trapped inside a flooded cave in Thailand. So I mean, if you're if you were an adult at all three years ago when that happened, you heard about this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was all over the news uh, for you know a whole week or more or whatever it was. Um, it's specifically about. I'm sure it tells how they got got it, yeah. it stuck in there to begin with, but it's specifically talking about the like the divers that like went in there to like hmm. save these kids and pull them out. Um, so I I was familiar with how how they got back there and some of the you know the running out of oxygen, like all these things that they were like you know this is a dire situation. Um, and I knew that divers were involved, but I didn't really follow like how they got them out. Like the, I'm talking about the mechanics of it. Yeah. So this would actually be like a really cool documentary to watch. And it's a recent thing when dude, when that story was coming out, it like literally everyone I talked to is like, there, there will be a movie about this. Like, yeah, I'm sure not necessarily a documentary, but like there would be a telling of this story for mm-hmm. sure. And here it is. Um, three years later we got it. So yeah, that is pretty cool. Yeah. I might watch part of it just to kind of get a sense of, of what was going on in that. Um, million Dollar Arm. Um, this is a... Disney movie. Yeah, John Hamm baseball yep. movie. Have you seen this? I have. It's all about um, a guy going over to Turkey, I think, and converting these three Turkish players that had only played cricket and uh, baseball players. Oh, that's well that's a good uh, pitch on that movie. That sounds intriguing. Yeah. It was if I I've only seen the movie once, but um I remember enjoying the movie for the most part. Yeah, saying two 18-year-old boys that don't know anything about baseball but they can uh throw a fastball really well. Um okay, cool. So that's that's releasing on Friday. Um, new, I think this is new content. Um, Christmas again, I watched like half of the trailer just to like kind of get a sense of what it is. Um, you know what this is, is that this is like a Disney channel. It's 2021 Disney channel, uh, made for TV Christmas movie, like for, for kids, like old, wonderful. Old, old kids. Phil. Yeah. So if I haven't sold you uh, so far, um, yeah, it's, uh, Ro isn't handling her parents divorce well because she wants her life back the way it was. Uh, she wants everyone back together and everyone happy again. And uh, so she makes a wish to a neighborhood Santa for a do-over and ex- unexpe- unexpectedly finds herself relieving Christmas Day over and over and over again. So Groundhog Day, yeah. Christmas style. And with like a like a teenage, um, like young teen girl. Oh, you so. have me sold, Phil. <laughs> not, that movie's not for us. Um, what, uh, a movie, speaking of a movie that's... Maybe not for us. I don't know if you'd be interested. Um, the original Edward Scissorhands movie is coming to Disney+. Plus. Now, I think this is intriguing for a couple different reasons. Uh, one is, um, this is almost certainly a uh, like 20th Century Fox wherever mm-hmm. that they're bringing. Yeah. So they continue to bring these movies over. Um, it's, I don't, I don't believe it's Johnny Depp's first role in it, like first big role in a movie. Um, I looked at his filmography. He had done a few movies before this one. And at least one of them, he was the main character in it. But it, that movie didn't, I forget the name of it even, didn't do very well at the box office. This is kind of like the first movie that people know him for. Um, it, it came out all the way in 1990. Huh. Like, think, think about that. Yeah. Like that's how long Johnny Depp has been in films. Um, but yeah, Before he's- Before I was born, Phil. Yeah. He's the the titular character, Edward, um, with uh, a person, a synthetic, synthetic man with scissor hands. 
Um, Go figure. <laughs> I was not allowed to watch this movie when it came out. I was I was 11 uh, when it released. And uh, I never did go back and watch it because it just didn't look that interesting to me. But um, I think the other thing that's interesting to note about it is that it's, I, I wouldn't say that, I don't think that people, I don't, I, like I said, I have not even seen it, but people who have seen it, I don't know that they would necessarily clarify this or um, categorize this as a horror movie, but it's definitely scary. It's, it's a, um, uh, oh, what's his name? The, um, Tim Burton. The Tim Burton thing. So it's very dark, very spooky. Um, he's very gothic looking, all black, you know, makeup, uh, black makeup and stuff like that. And so um, it doesn't seem, it seems out of place for Disney Plus in my opinion, but I also haven't seen it. So maybe it's like real kid friendly, but it just doesn't look like that way um, from the trailer and stuff. So, um, you know, what is kid friendly is the first Ice Age movie and Ice Age Continental Drift, which I don't know what, what, what movie that is in the franchise. <laughs> it could be number two or number four. I, I really don't know. Or number eight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, both of those are coming to Disney Plus um, this Friday. So I know uh, Jordan and uh, my, my daughter and other kids will be excited about that. Uh, she'll also be excited about Mickey and Minnie Wish Upon a Christmas. She just loves anything Mickey and Christmas. Um, so we're definitely going to be watching that probably on, on this Friday when it releases. Um, it's new. Like it's you know, Disney Channel and Disney Plus mm-hmm. uh, 2021 uh, Christmas stuff. Um, did you ever see Mr. Popper's Penguins? This is a Jim Carrey joint. I've read the book. Oh, really? Big fan of the book. Are you being uh, serious right now? Yeah. Okay. I didn't uh, even know there was a book. Oh, yeah. Um, in elementary school, I read this book several times. Is it, is, is it like a chapter book? Yes. Okay. Um, one of the first chapter books I read. Um, big fan of it. Haven't seen the movie all the way through. So um, I would be interested in going back and watching it if I had time. But the book is really good. So it, it, just from reading this, it's about this guy who doesn't spend very much time with his kids. It's He's all work all the time. Mm-hmm. And so his father sends him a bunch of penguins to live with him. Yep. That basically turn him into like more of a loving father because he has to take care of these penguins. Yeah. So it's Jim Carrey. So it, like, it can't be that bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I like even Jim Carrey's bad movies are still movies that I like. So, um, Yeah. And then uh, the last thing for Friday is Disney Holiday Disney Holiday Magic Quest. It's um, boy, I I was reading this earlier and I was still having trouble comprehending what it is. I'm just gonna read part of it. It says it's a high stakes holiday adventure featuring new epic challenges, uh, like year two of Holiday Magic Quest. Um, popular actress and comedian if if Yvette Nicole Brown from Big Shot will host as the stars navigate a series of new challenges and obstacles through a variety of iconic and immersive world Dis- Walt Disney World attractions. Huh. So I think it takes place... I did not see the first season, so like if you're listening to this and you have, you, we sound like idiots, but it sounds to me like... Is it like... Does it come across as like a game show? Like That's what... <laughs> from what you are saying, that's what it sounds like. Okay, so like a game show that takes place at Walt Disney World. Yeah, um, which that could be intriguing. Yeah, I mean they're talking about like having a host and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like um, not like reality show, but like game show type. type yeah. Anyway, so that's if, if you watch the first season and we're dying for a second season, you got it. It's coming out this Friday. So perfect. Yeah. 
So as far as for me this week, obviously Hawkeye, uh, we're going to be talking about episode three on next week's show. Um, I might check out some of that documentary um, about mm-hmm. the Thailand cave because I thought that was like a really riveting piece of, of that year of, of the news that came out that year. Um, and we've seen all the Ice Age movies. Um, we'll probably watch the Christmas Mickey show with, with Jordan. There so you go, Phil. Those are the, the highlights for us. Um, all right. What are we talking about next week? We are covering Hawkeye episode three and the 1990 something Santa Claus. Early 90s probably. Yep. I want to say like 95, 96, something like that. Let's see if you're right. But is the Santa Claus. 94. Starring Tim Allen. This is the first movie. Yes. So uh, there's three of them. Have you seen all three? Yes. Yeah, I have two. I... Like most trilogies, I've seen the first one the most. Um, I think it might be my favorite. I can't remember. Oh, yeah, for sure. Is it definitely the best it, one? If it's not your favorite, Phil, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> okay. But you uh, also like the boy who was king and yeah, that was the one that and one. only Ivan. And yeah, those aren't that bad. Uh, Rocketeer. Listen to me be like all Debbie Downer on Hawkeye and, and like I liked those movies. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I uh, I'm I'm excited to go back to this. I I remember watching this consecutive years for mm-hmm. a long time. Like we just watch it every year, um, and, and I wasn't like a kid. <laughs> I'm talking yeah. about like my adult years. I was watching it every year. Um, I love Tim Allen. I love this story. Actually, has a lot of heart to it, which I I don't think that a lot of people think about. But um, you know, uh, we'll talk about it on next week's episode. But it's basically like he ends up it's kind of dark at the beginning. Like he accidentally kills Santa, right? Or, yeah. or knocks him out. But yeah. he, I think he kills him. Knocks him off his roof. Yeah. He, he says like, you know, Hey, what are you doing up there? Whatever. And he falls off the roof and dies. Um, you know, he's probably really old. Yeah. <laughs> but, and then, um, the rule is whoever puts the hat on, puts am I getting the right? suit on the suit, uh, becomes the new Santa. You put on the suit. You're the big guy. Yeah, that's right. That's the line. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited about this. Um, I, I don't know that we'll I, I'll have to watch it for content to see if if Jordan can watch this or not. She probably could. It's pretty kid friendly. Yeah. I remember like the elves being funny and silly. Yeah. I don't think like the adult parts, I don't think she'll catch on to that. Yeah. I mean there's some lines here and there, but I don't think Jordan would catch on to Yeah. Yeah, we might 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 watch this with her. Um, but yeah, I have not seen this in a while, even though I watched it consecutive years for a long time. It's probably been, I want to say it's probably been in excess of like eight years since yeah. I've seen it. So, um, I would like to revisit it and I do remember liking this movie a lot. So, um, yeah, let's do it. Um, <clears throat> so Hawkeye episode three and the Santa Claus, um, do you want to do like, I guess in a couple weeks we're planning on doing Enchanted. That's not really a Christmas movie, but we can do some other Christmas stuff yeah. during this month if you want. Mm-hmm. So... Um, all right. Well, um, thanks for listening to this episode and, uh, let us know if there's anything that you want to hear about on this podcast. Uh, if you, if you want to hear more buddies reviews, uh, those are coming anyways, but you can tell us how much you've enjoyed those, uh, or send us your own review on something that you've watched on Disney plus, uh, like Rick has, uh, we'd love to include you in the show. Uh, write us at Disney plus reviews at hotmail.com. That's P L U S all spelled out for plus. Um, we will talk to you next time for Hawkeye episode three. Hopefully it gets better and the Santa Claus. 